Hello and welcome to Music for a While. I'm Jay Nordlinger, music critic in the New Criterion. Lately, I've been listening to Paul Jacobs, the organist, one of the best in the world, and indeed one of the best ever. On three successive Tuesdays, he gave recitals here in New York exploring the great French organ tradition. That was the name of the series, The Great French Organ Tradition. One of the composers played was Jean Guillou, who lived from 1930 until earlier this year. He was a performer, an organist, as well as a composer. Those two activities tend to go together, organ playing and composing, or at least improvising. I know Guillou best as a performer. He once put out an album called Organ Encores. It begins with some Bach, arranged by Guillou. This is the Sinfonia from a cantata, the one catalogued as BWV 29. Bach poached this music from his E major violin partita. That is, he repurposed it, and more than once. So, we'll hear Guillou in that Sinfonia. That's kind of dirty pool, right? I'm not playing Paul Jacobs, and I'm not playing French music. Well, that's the way the cookie crumbles. Seriously, I could not find the right Jacobs recording of some French music to share with you. So you're going to get Bach and Guillou. Not so bad. Just under four minutes of pure joy. Thank you. 
the Sinfonia from Bach's Cantata BWV 29, arranged by Jean Guillou, played by the arranger. Again, I'm Jay Nordlinger, doing music for a while. The producer is Scott Immergut. If you'd like to subscribe to our podcast, you may do so at iTunes, Google Play, etc. If you'd like to write to me, the address is nordlinger at newcriterion.com. If you'd like to advertise on our program or sponsor it, let me know. If you'd like to receive the podcast by email, links to new episodes, again, let me know. Someone said that someone else was his own worst enemy. I can't hear that phrase without thinking of Rudolf Bing and George Zell. Bing was the longtime general manager of the Metropolitan Opera, an imperious figure. Zell was the great conductor. Not the cuddliest person ever. Anyway, they clashed at the Met. Zell left in a huff. Someone said to Bing, in a spirit of generosity, That George Zell, he's his own worst enemy. Bing said, Not while I'm alive. This story is told about others, but I first heard it about Bing and Zell. Bing himself told the story. Want to hear a little Zell? He was a pianist and a composer as well as a conductor. But we'll hear him in his chief role, conductor. We'll hear him in Beethoven, a bit of the pastoral symphony with his incomparable Cleveland Orchestra.
cruel to stop that music. Anyway, that was the first part of the first movement of Beethoven's Symphony No. 6 in F, the Pastoral, played by the Cleveland Orchestra under George Zell in 1962. Surely somewhere in that orchestra was playing Myron Bloom, the principal French horn. He was one of the great instrumentalists of the age. Bloom died the other day at 93. Shall we pay a little tribute? Well, we'll do ourselves a favor. We'll listen to the last movement of Brahms's horn trio, with Bloom in partnership with Rudolf Serkin, piano, and Michael Tree, violin. Happier music you'll never hear, and the trio overall is a masterpiece. Get ready.
That was the great late Myron Bloom and the great Brahms horn trio in E-flat, Opus 40, along with the pianist Rudolf Serkin and the violinist Michael Tree, who is best known in his career as a violist, a founding member of the Guarneri Quartet. I sat next to him one night at dinner. Wonderful gent. I was writing about a politician, one who had once been great in my book and many books. Here's where I began my piece. Sometimes a great musician declines precipitously. I'm thinking of a soprano and three pianists right now. When I write about such a musician, I often quote a Gershwin song. No, no, they can't take that away from me. No one can take away what they once were. For one thing, it is preserved on recordings. Beverly Sills once said to me, she is not the soprano I'm thinking of, by the way, if they ever ask what was all the fuss about, they can find the answer in the recordings. That was what all the fuss was about. Damn right. Anyway, you want to hear the song? They can't take that away from me. Here's Ella with Lewis. The way you wear your hat The way you sip your tea The memory of all that No, no, they can't take that away from me The way your smile just beats The way you sing off key you haunt my dreams No, no, they can't take that away from me We may never, never meet again On the bumpy road to love Still I'll always, always Keep the memory of The way you hold your The way we dance till three The way you've changed my life No, no, they can't take that away from me No, they can't take that away from me The way you wear your hat the way you sip your tea In memory of all that No, no, they can't take that away from me The way your smile just beams The way you sing all key Sorry to cut that off, giving Lewis short shrift. Ella Fitzgerald, Lewis Armstrong, in a song by George and Ira Gershwin. The other night, I reviewed Jan Lyshetsky in Carnegie Hall. Forgive me if I pronounce the name incorrectly. Polish can be tricky. The spelling is L-I-S-I-E-C-K-I. May I read from my review? In the summer of 2012, I was driving from Ann Arbor, Michigan, Ypsilanti to be precise, to Detroit Metro Airport, 
a short trip. I was listening to the CBC, i.e. Canadian radio. On the air was a piano recital devoted to Chopin. The playing was arresting, smart, clean, and beautiful. Who is the pianist? I was hoping I could find out before reaching the airport. It turned out to be someone unknown to me, Jan Lyshetsky, a Canadian of Polish parentage. This could explain the taste for Chopin. And he was 17 years old. Today, he is 24. That's what his bio says. For a few more years, his bio will give his age. Then it will go silent on the question of age. If he lives and works long enough, his age will return to his bio. Today, at 84, Mr. Leshetsky continues to concertize all over the world. That's the way the game is played. Well, anyway, I heard young Jan and Mendelssohn the other night, the concerto in D minor. But shall we hear some Chopin? Here is the Winter Wind Etude, played by Jan Leshetsky.
That was the Etude in A minor, opus 25, number 11, known as Winter Wind, played by the superb Jan Lyshetsky. I also reviewed, on a different night, Kelly O'Hara, the great Broadway star. What was I doing on Broadway? Well, she was at the New York Philharmonic, serving as soloist in a classical piece, Barber's Knoxville Summer of 1915 for soprano and orchestra. I will read. Before O'Hara began Knoxville last night, I made a rule for myself. No fair thinking of Steber, Price, Leontine, not Margaret, Upshaw, Murphy, Heidi Grant, or any other great singer of this work. Keep your mind wide open for Kelly. I did. She was fine, competent and appealing. But let's hear a little of Leontine. This is the final few minutes of her famous recording with the New Philharmonia Orchestra under the esteemed conductor Thomas Shippers.
We've heard Leontine Price, the great soprano from Laurel, Mississippi, in Knoxville summer of 1915 by her friend Samuel Barber, who is from Westchester, two words, Westchester, not Westchester, outside Philadelphia. Conducting the New Philharmonia Orchestra was Thomas Shippers, who is from Kalamazoo, Michigan. That's how he was known all around the world, Shippers. But my grandmother and great-aunt were from Kalamazoo, which is in West Michigan, which is strongly Dutch. The Skipperses were a Dutch family. They owned a store, and the name was, indeed, Skippers. Well, we're in the home stretch. Thank you for joining me, ladies and gentlemen. An American composer has died. He was, is, Christopher Rouse. R-O-U-S-E, Chris Rouse. I heard many of his works over the years, reviewed many of them. Before he died, he wrote out a statement to be issued afterward. Without music, my life would have no meaning. It has not only informed my life or enriched my life, it has given me life and a reason for living. I'll never be able to explain why these vibrating frequencies have the power to transport us to levels of consciousness that defy words. I simply accept the fact that music has this miraculous power for me and for myriad other people I've known. My hope has been to do for my listeners what Beethoven and Berlioz and Bruckner and Hebert and all of those others did and still do for me. I've wished to, quote, pay it forward, unquote, by inviting listeners to call on me to enter their hearts and their lives and to allow me the honor of accompanying them on their road through life. If summoned, I will try to be of use, to sing you a song, to paint you a picture, to tell you a story. Perhaps we can take a journey together. A caveat. I may sometimes take you to places you'll find it difficult to go, but my goal will always be at journey's end to provide you with solace and strength. I'd like to close our program by playing a portion of Christopher Rouse's Symphony No. 3, the performers of the New York Philharmonic under Alan Gilbert. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, and goodbye. Mm-hmm. 